Before the break, you left us with our archaeologist finally making his way deep into the tomb. Night had fallen and shadows played out dances on the walls from his flickering torchlight as he came to the lower level. The tips of skeletal fingers pushed up through the ground around him and for a moment he thought he could see them moving. Fear gripped him. Sweat ran down his face and his fingers as if under their own control rose to his nipples and started moving in a circular motion. He crouched down next to one of the skeletons. John, I I, I just want (sighs) to... I, you know, I was on a roll there again. No, no, I, I, there was a lot of good stuff. I'm gonna there. have to edit all um, this out. I don't know why the, my producer has to keep cutting in on right when I'm getting. It's 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 just it's the nipple thing. You know, it's let's maybe let's. Let I didn't downplay, say downplay, anything about I, any nipples I, not, this I, time. There, you you, you kind of just let's let's avoid that whole area. Like I think it's I, uh, some good stuff, but I I feel like it's a little bit of a distraction. Let's just avoid that semantic territory. Okay, whatever. Okay, just like just get back and can I just creeping, get back? Yeah, yes, yeah, to creep, it. Creeping the, okay. the, the skeleton fingers. Right. Great stuff. Just right. Just, yeah, just, some horror podcast, and I keep getting interrupted by my uh, by my producer here. Okay, so. His hand reached out towards some of the skeletal fingers pushing up through the ancient dusty earth. His tool belt clattered to the ground as he frightfully grappled for the tools to uncover the rest of the skeleton. He brought out his special brush to to brush away some of the dirt on the, the skeletal remains. As he did, he saw the creaky skeleton start to move and its fingers move towards its chest as they started moving in a circular motion where its nipples at once John, clearly John, bent. John, 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 John. His own hands John, reached to his own I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there, John. John, yeah. I, feel, I feel like... Hi, I, great. Thank yeah, great. No, this just, is great radio. I, the, you know, the again, you know, the nipple thing is just... But it's a skeleton. You, it's a skeleton. You're hearing I just, it, I just wanted to be clear. There's, there's, you know, it, I, I there's no, there's the no flesh on its bones, on its literal bones. It's a skeleton. Uh, I, th- I don't think the listeners share your be, fixation on nipples that that I, you, you know, keep get, uh, finding like, you know, no, ways you know, you know, to maybe, tie everything maybe I, to your look, nipple look, look, thing. John, John, I love this stuff. Maybe, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just hearing something okay. in the subtext that's not there. But I just right. I think I feel like it was it was it was good, and then it just sort of veered a little bit. So let's oh. just veer back. Let's just okay. veer back. Okay. Okay. In stark terror, he found himself slipping from consciousness as his body rolled back onto the ground next to the skeletons and corpses filling the ancient cobweb-stricken room. In his dreams, an inky blackness enveloped him, save for one pink orb in the distance that he seemed to be floating towards. Was one beautiful, perfect nipple. Like, yeah, let's, 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 just, let's just stop for the day. You know, we've got this undone. Let's stop for the day. We'll regroup. We'll we'll pick this up tomorrow. We'll pick this up tomorrow. <sighs> okay. Uh, 
yeah, well, I'll I'll pick this up tomorrow because I'm gonna have to obviously advertise for a new producer because the the way you just keep taking you know, this you, right off the rails. You're touching my nipples right now. Just this is you know let's Look, let's sh- let's just let's just it's okay. Let's just let's just let you, just let you just step go. away. It's just fine. Step, it's, okay, you know, I'm I'm leaving now. You're doing I, good. Good luck with the podcast. You're doing good. Uh, good luck. I, I I hope you find someone who is willing to work with you on this. Oh, I will. Next is the crapshoot. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to the crapshoot, and we've established that there's no pre-biz. Yeah, I'm late. Um, I'm often late. Yeah, it's I. It's I sort of factor that in. So like, seven thirty to eight. I'm actually am kind of knowing that I'm aiming for eight, partly because I know you'll be expecting me at eight if I say between seven thirty and eight. And I would hate to say between seven thirty and eight and show up at seven thirty and you'd be like, What the fuck? Well it's interesting because like I plan to be ready at seven thirty, but right. I also plan for you to show up at like oh, eight. See, that's the worst. Now I feel bad. No, no, so, don't feel okay. you, you have to it understand. It wasn't impossible that I did make it at seven thirty. I'm sort of underselling myself a little bit, maybe. But. Well, no, no. I I I recognize the possibility that you might well show up at 7 30 okay like I, I don't think oh that jesse you can never expect him to show up and and i also i feel like there's an established it doesn't fucking matter sort of thing with sure. with our arrangement here like it's not like it's not like we plan around the desperate importance of punctuality you know yeah like, so that's you know true. i think we're you know little... that i know you might be a little bit late <laughs> i know that you know that i don't care and so we've got that. This is not like being, you know, late to your own wedding. You know, this. Right. I mean, if, if you had to actually kind of like put your life on hold to for for some reason for the moment that I show up, then I would I guess I would feel worse. But like, you know, that you don't and you know yeah. that like 80 percent of the time I show up, you're just like, OK, it'll be about 15 minutes before I'm done with this round of Rocket League. So just, yeah, exactly. Just sit down anywhere. <laughs> actually, I was refraining from playing Rocket League while waiting for this time oh, just see? because and I was upstairs and it was already. Well, no, so no, it's, it's fine because I was just fucking around with other stuff instead. It's just that like my office is temporarily upstairs, uh, which I think it already was last time we recorded. We may have talked about it a little bit because we had we had uh, friends staying with us mm-hmm. in the gap between their eviction and being able to move into their new house. Um, and so I moved my, my office upstairs for that duration and I've been sort of lazy enough and enjoying having less to deal with because of no roommates anymore uh, that... I've let a couple weeks go by without getting back into my office. So it's still upstairs. And so as it was, I barely heard you knock when it was quiet upstairs. If I'd been playing Rocket League with headphones on, you would have been standing out there for a half a fucking hour. Uh, I probably would have just opened the door at I, some point, I would, I would as hope you've so. repeatedly chastised me to just do and yes, come on in. Yes. Uh, and I'm still um, a combination of forgetful and... Uh, uh, nervous to encroach on someone else's personal space that I, I tend not to anyway. I have a couple times. I think, yeah, yeah, maybe. I think you have. You have. Anyways, place looks great. It's cool to have someone like fill it with stuff because I'm sure you had to get all your shit out of the way. Yeah, yeah. And then evacuate all that stuff and it just leaves these big, empty, nice, clean, open spaces. That yeah, nice. it, it felt really weird for a few days, definitely after oh, they moved back out. It's like, because I mean, we basically, we got out of the main floor entirely and we don't, it's not stuff that gills or anything, but you know, it's like, we just sort of basically lived upstairs and they lived downstairs and that worked out fine. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden the downstairs was just empty Mm -hmm. and it was like, Whoa, what's, what's, what's going on? It's so strange. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's, that's what's going on with my house. You remember that fucking 
ultra weird Garfield series of strips where Garfield wakes up one day and there's like a haunting narrator voice in boxes above him and he's wandering around the abandoned house he once lived in that's no one's lived oh, in yeah, for centuries. Oh yeah, yeah, this is This is the Garfield like is dead and a ghost and regretting the loss of any connection with, you know, John and Odie and those he knew in life. Right. I mean, there's like literally a Garfield strip that was published in a paper that ends with a close-up of Garfield's eyes and Garfield saying, I'm all alone. And then, like, narrator text underneath him, you have no idea how alone you are, Garfield. Yes. And that's it, punchline. And then, well, and I think, like, the next strip was maybe, like, Christmas and yay, it's Christmas and everything's okay. Like, yeah. But, He's but running this, out yeah. into the living room and there's a tree and everything and then it disappears at his fingertips. That was real fucking Garfield from the yeah, fingers yeah, that, of that, that, John. Da- well, if any Garfield, if the, if John Davis was still writing any Garfield Jim himself, Davis. Jim Davis. Sorry. Yeah, well, I think John I think Davis the, is the guy from Corn, right? Uh, is he? Sure. I think so yeah, I, th- I met I that guy it, once. I thought it was Jonathan something. Is it Jonathan Davis? I Jonathan. It, well, I assume John- it was like Jonathan Corn. Like the yeah, name Jonathan the band is- was named after just his last name. <laughs> John- Jonathan Corn. Jonathan his brother- is long for John. I don't know if you yeah. know that. Well, no, no, I know. I just but but you know there's. I feel like the guy from Corn is a Jonathan. Is what I'm saying. Like. There's okay. a difference between someone who's yes, well, my birth certificate says Jonathan, and hello, I'm Jonathan. Like you know, the, like Jonathan I'm, Corn is my father. I, I'm I'm a <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jimmy Corn. <laughs> he's he's real big into the demo scene. They call him Jimmy Cracker Corn. Uh, uh, oh, I mean, I'm a Joshua, but I'm not a Joshua. Like no yeah. one calls me Joshua. My mom doesn't call me Joshua. Mm. Uh, you know, there was probably a Joshua Edward period of my childhood where you used a long name for full effect, but I I never even really got in that much trouble. So I, I didn't even get that treatment. I love, I love. But I mean, I know people who are Joshua's. Oh, sure. Like, it was like, hello, my name is Joshua. And I'm Absolutely. like, nah, I'm Josh. Cause I'm not a fucking prick. I really fucking like Joshua's people whose nickname becomes more like their identity than their name name. And my, I, I might've mentioned this on a way old podcast, but my, my brothers, my older brother is about 16 years older than me. All of his friends went by their nicknames, like, uh, rugs, loops, <laughs> Uh, Fozzie, um, Spider, like, like, no, no one had a name that wasn't a nickname, and that was just how the whatever his that crew kind of rolled. Um, my brother is Fozzie, and um, I love when moms start to call their own kids the nickname. By the nickname that someone yeah. else chose for their child. My, they my friend Nunk is like his mom calls him Nunk, and it, I don't know if she if she does when it's just them, but when she's like referring to him, she doesn't call him his given name. Uh, and my brother Fozzie, my mom calls him Fozzie more often than she calls him Christopher. And I, I don't know. I just really get a kick out of that. It permeating so much. Yeah. It's a nice thing. Like we never really, I, I can't remember really getting deep into any nickname territory in my family. Uh, there was a, like, like spud has been used for both me and my brother oh, that's cute. by mostly my eldest sister. It's kind of a like just a, ge- a general diminutive more than yeah. I mean, it's it like a yeah, nickname yeah, yeah. for you. It kind of felt like Spud was being shopped around for a while, and it never quite fell by the wayside. But sure. still, at the same time, if you said Spud, no one would know who you're speaking of unambiguously. Because it seems more like it's it's kind of like Champ or Sport. Yeah, or like yeah. You know, it was just like, yeah, slugger, or I don't know. but it, but it, it did exist in this. It does exist in this weird sort of liminal space there where it's not literally just someone picking around. And we're like that. It's sort of like, it's like a failed 
ish nickname, but no one's really given up on it because there's nothing like terrible about it either. And so Spud is just in play. But Spud's fun. Yeah, it's not bad. I haven't really heard that one too much. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Davis, musician, uh, lead singer of Corn. Jonathan, boom. There it is. Have we talked about John Davis? Have we have we talked about how my uh, given last name was Davis? You have a Gibbon last name. Uh, that's not the right way. My 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 original my birth Gibbon name. like the kind of monkey. Gibbon? Yes. No, okay. no, like, like Ben Gibbard. Sorry, oh, I misspoke. Yes. I have right. a death cab for cutie uh, last name. No, no, I was I was death born cab for cutie. <laughs> yes, yes, dead cats <laughs> for cutie. Yes, dead cats for Q-tips. It's an exchange program. It's a harm reduction program. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna get in trouble. I have I have I have a follow up for um what, for being late, but um we okay. can circle super gradually back to that if you want. I think we can get right back. I really didn't have any else where else to. I'm not trying to cut go. you off right now. No, no, because no. I'm not cutting you off I, I've, in favor of a great. I've story. already forgotten where, if anywhere, I was going. So I'm just gonna open this beer and you're gonna circle back around. Grip tenuous at best on uh, whatever anecdote you were sharing. I was uh so I did I um. I had sort of spaced out and thought that there was going to be beer here when I showed up. And so I texted you and you said, no, bring the beer. And so I stopped, um, which was the first delay. First reason I was a little late. Which is my fault, too, by the way, because I totally did say we were going to drink that Ukiah beer. And then I completely fucking forgot about it. Okay. Well, I'll let you take the blame. I wasn't going to, but. Um, I'm taking it. So I went to whatever. I went to a shopping place and. uh they're called stores. A store? What do you call shops? What are, uh, the, what are the houses house called where, where no one lives there? But, <laughs> but they'll, they'll give you things if like you give more them beer other than things. most houses. Yeah. And I, and I bought the beer, and um, this is the first beer I've bought since uh, 2015. So I'm, I'm, um, I took a break about a month and a half from drinking, and so this yes. is the first beer I bought. We recorded so like, the, the Bex. The Bex, the NA episode. Um, so I was checking out, and I'm like, um, kind of spaced out, and she's like, uh, "Can I see your ID?" And I was like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> so how quickly I fucking forget. I mean, it's basically the same story as like driving to Washington and sitting in your car for ten minutes waiting for the attendant to come around and guess up your yeah. car. It's like pretty <laughs> not that fucking complicated. You just kind of forget that there's something you're forgetting, and yep. then it's just. Anyways, so I go out to the parking lot, and uh, I'm about to jump in the car and race up here. Um, cause you know, being late is my least favorite thing. So in <laughs> um, this, and this woman, this incredibly skinny, maybe 19 would be my guess year old, uh, young woman comes up to me and she goes, excuse me, excuse me. My, uh, phone is dead. I need to use your phone. Do you have a phone? Can I use your phone? Uh, I'm, I'm meeting my ex and he has our daughter and I'm like, sure. Yeah, no problem. It's, I I just happened to have left it in the car because I was just running into the store. And Um, you went back to your car and you peeled out. And I just peeled out the middle finger out both windows. I hate your daughter. (laughs) Fuck your daughter. Um, and, uh, I gave it to her and she's like still talking and she's like, and it's, this is really fucked up and she needs to go to the ER and I'm like. The more she's talking, the more I think this is like a weird fucking con of yeah, some yeah. sort. I told you uh, a couple episodes ago about the guy who like knocked on the door on Christmas yeah, Eve and it had yeah. this story that was so outlandish that it was like, if you would shut up like two minutes ago, I would have believed part of this story. 
but because you said that you just got fired and you have cancer and you broke your leg five minutes ago and your car's out of gas and you're late and if you don't show up to work then you're gonna get fired again and then also the government is trying to kill you and but you know at a certain point you're just like hey, buddy okay if i have twenty dollars i'm gonna give you the twenty dollars if i don't have cash i got nothing to give you the story is not helping either of us right now anyway so at any rate, I don't want to cast aspersions on this young lady, but um, I was, you know, of course you're a little bit guarded, right? As I'm, I'm sort of, I don't know, sometimes there's sketchy characters, you know, I'm uh, not to judge, prejudge anybody, but I'm, I try to be guarded a little bit because I know I'm such a sucker. Um, anyways, long story short, I, I hand her the phone and I'm just like, this is weird, but she uses it. And I'm kind of like not trying to like breathe down her neck because she's talking to someone about some important thing, but I'm also trying to like not like just like, all right, see you later type thing either. So I'm kind of like keeping what I think is a courteous distance while she talks on the phone. And then, you know, 10 seconds into that call, a, a woman pulls, like screeches to a halt right in front of the two of us in her car. And she goes, hey, hey, hey. And the woman with my phone kind of turns around and I kind of lean down and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I need 65 cents. Can you give me 65 cents? And I'm like, what is going on in this fucking parking lot right now? <laughs> and I'm like, because 65 is so fucking weirdly hyper specific, yeah. right? I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I, I sort of think there's like panhandling strategy where you ask for less than you think they'll have because no one's going to have the change. So they just, yeah. you kind of like let them be the good guy by rounding it up for you. Yeah. And then you kind of both feel good Plus about it. Plus you add some credibility to the need by being specific. Probably, yeah, that's you know. true, right? Like you could be that much short of just a little a little McDonald's food or whatever. Who knows, right? It's, it's not just like you're asking for it randomly necessarily. I think there's a psychological angle to asking for specific amounts like that any which way i'm like okay 65 cents i don't so now i have my wallet and my phone out off of my body you know the wallet's still in my hands but like i'm holding it in front of me and i'm like this is like starting to seem like the world's weirdest con (laughs) where (laughs) someone like and i'm trying to think really really quickly to like all the ways this could go yeah how how do you game this out in real time like so, like, where do you think it would... I mean, where, where would your, like, pessimistic thought take you from there? Oh, geez. Because I've like, a couple ideas. I, I don't have any specific line of thinking here yet. I mean, I, I to a certain extent, if someone just wants you to, like you say, basically get your phone out and get your wallet out, right? you know, asking to borrow your phone and then asking for money is a good way to do that. But, right. you know, where, where it goes from there specifically, aside from potentially this is a... Weird. And I have to, I, the, I'm, I'm at the passenger side of the car of the woman who pulled up and her passenger side. So I have, kind of have to put half my body in the car just to hand her the dollar I'm handing her. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so I could be doing that. And then the other girl just takes off with my phone, which, okay, there's a f- iPhone that someone has. Not a great one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a 16 gig 5C. It's not something that someone should get shot over or whatever. But uh, that sounded weird. Like I was going to shoot someone. I don't have a gun. I'm not going to shoot anyone. Steal a phone. I don't fucking care that much. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I'm like, that's one way. Journey. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the whole thing here. I know. I'm making this super long too. Um, I guess the other way is. Once I have the wallet in my hands, the girl pretending to be on the, could be pretending to be on the phone for all I know, uh, just grabs the wallet and goes because my guard is down because I'm looking at the other woman who's in the car who can then play dumb or whatever. I don't know. It was anyways. And then, uh, 
And then all, all that happened was uh, I got beat up and my shoes got stolen. <laughs> oh, well, that's a I good don't know. There's no out. ending to the story. Yeah, so, so, so what? The lady was like, thank you. And the other was like, thank you for the use of your phone. And, you know, you just went about your day. Yeah. I, well, yeah. basically, I mean, um, neither of them actually said thank you. People well, <laughs> you know. They were just like, all right, bye. You know, okay, bye. And I'm like, okay, sure, no problem. And, uh, and then I get a call <laughs> two minutes later from who I assume was the ex calling the number back. <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck, this is great. Did you just not no, answer? No, I decided not yeah. to answer. Leave, you can leave, well. you can leave yeah. a message. Leave a message. Apparently, I'm on one side of this custody battle now. So, wandering around a parking lot asking for people, borrow people's phones is probably the well. The it, better it, if you get follow up contact from the the ex or whatever, just like you know, text back. I have his number. We can call him this, on the this, air this, if this, we <laughs> want. Maybe we can hear his side. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh man, I, I really uh, I, I took us down a troublesome path by calling. Cold chef that that one time. Uh, <laughs> Why didn't it work out, buddy? Come on, do it for the kids. Let's let's talk radio this up. Oh yeah. Um, well, it's a weird. That's a weird situation, and, and I kind of I kind of enjoy a weird story that has no ending. Sometimes, like okay, that's, good. it's it's nice to sort of like yeah, that was a, that's my, most of mine are. That was a, that was a that was a weird thing to happen. And no, it's it's a tricky thing. Like I at this point basically it's the kind of story I wouldn't have told if it hadn't just happened. You know some, what I mean? Like yeah, in, yeah. In two weeks, this is all forgotten. Exactly. This is, you're gonna be like, oh, you know, let me tell this at the party. Well, You'll say it's like time. Yeah. Someone borrowed my phone and someone else has me for sixty five cents. Can you it believe that crazy. shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grandchildren, where are you going? The phone thing is really tricky because uh, I have the same sort of weird sort of calculation involving both an inclination to trust people and believe that people just end up weird situations and also to be guarded against like bullshit hijinks from strangers on the street. And the deciding factor for me is basically... This is not only an expensive phone that I need to not lose, but it's also my work phone. It's not even technically my property as far as that goes. Mm. And it would be a really bad thing if somehow someone got their hands on my phone and was malicious with it. Like that would be a shitty situation above and beyond just, oh, darn, where's my phone? I got to buy a new phone. So for me, it's like it hasn't come up more than once or twice recently, but it's been a... Every time it's kind of like I have to like convince myself that no, this just needs to be a firm. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Like if someone's bleeding on the fucking street, that would probably you know, then it's flip really me hard aside, to say but, it to him, but you know you have to. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's like look, it's, try and see this from my side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's so it, yeah, it's, it's a it's a weird thing. It's sure. it's a very strange thing. It's 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 strange that the nature of mobile phones as a common commodity hasn't made it suddenly a thing where no one ever has trouble finding a phone. Instead, it's made it something where it's much more fraught to let someone borrow your phone than it would have been if it was a landline because motherfucker can't run off with a landline. Well, not only that, but like, I mean, how much ultra personal stuff is stored in a then unlocked phone? Yeah, I mean, someone's star 69 and find out, you know, it's like, Right. Well, they have my entire contact list, like all my photos, or yeah. you know, in iCloud, so that like every, my entire history of photography is you yeah. know, view, viewable through there. And I mean, it's a million things. So, so it's, um, it's there's this weird simultaneously. It's so much less likely that you don't have a phone, right? And kind of so much more of a thing for you to hand it to someone, right? And part of my quick calculation was like, I'm, I sort of try to anticipate weird situations where like someone will forget my phone somewhere and a nefarious person gets it and tries to do something, right? And like, so these securities built into a, a, an iPhone or these devices, but um, 
But when I unlock it and hand it to someone, if they took off with it, it's unlocked, yeah. right? It's trivial to keep it from going to sleep. Exactly. Um, and so I would have to get to a computer or another device and, and like then remote lock yeah. it. But during which time, who knows, right? They yep. could have put it in airplane mode and then that wouldn't, you know. So you potential iPhone thieves, take take notes because apparently <laughs> Here's what you do. I've gotten into the habit of describing how to compromise someone's phone. Um, Close cropped black hair. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, My phone specifically. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's weird. And, and of course, because cell phones are ubiquitous, there's no such thing as a payphone anymore. Which means when someone needs a phone, they can't. You can't just tell them to go to the payphone, right? They're, yep. They're they're stuck bumming a phone off. Yeah, of it's a it's a it's a strange it's a strange thing. And I guess I mean ultimately, my fear wasn't that any of these things were actually going to happen, but that you sort of when you open the door, sometimes people get really needy. Yeah. And I, you know, I have never had an experience where like. I gave a drunk guy a ride to the max and then he turned and mugged me. But I've had definitely situations where I gave a drunk guy who was really sketchy a ride to the max because I was trying to do him a solid. And like that, you know, he got a phone call during the drive. He was like, oh, we got to go to Tyrone's house. Oh, shit. You know, and then now all of a sudden I'm like shuttling this guy around and I'm probably over the legal limit, too. So this is like not without any (laughs) duress on my part. I was just going to, you know, shoot straight home and whatever. Ever. Don't drive drunk, kids. But I, uh, you know, and then like my whole night ends up being this like, when do I, am, when am I going to be brave enough to be a dick to this stranger yeah. and say like, sorry, this is your last stop. You know, sorry, I know you got the sweet hookup on this honey who wants you in her bed tonight. <laughs> but like, you know, you're filling my car with pot smoke right now. And I kind of didn't say yes, but I kind of didn't say no firmly enough. And I sort of just want this experience to be over. Yeah. And it, well, anyways, that's one example. But, you know, I've, I've had experiences where you open your door to someone and they know that they know that they're going to be able to make you feel like a dick so yep um it's, so th- that was more my fear than anything yeah that like so you know she's gonna hand me the phone back and say oh i'm in the wrong place can you give me a ride to da 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 and i'm just gonna be like oh, she just told me it's her fucking daughter's trying to whatever i don't know i would then i would feel bad and do it so um so anyways like i i got off without that i i think as far as that goes i think you are nicer than me in terms of what you're willing to randomly do for strangers, uh, which is not a, not a bad thing. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's totally a, you know, uh, sort of risk assessment and weirdness tolerance thing. And, and it turns out my <laughs> weirdness tolerance when people are just sort of point blank asking for stuff that it's weird to ask for is pretty low. Hmm. Like I'll, I'll, I'm not going to be a dick about it, but I'm probably going to say no to anything weirder than, Hey, I really need five bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like, ah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not psychologically prepared to deal with sketchy vibes plus random requests, you know, like if, if there was zero sketchy vibe and I, I kind of hate to say this cause the people are most likely to actually kind of need a hand with a weird random situation. Mm-hmm are more likely to probably end up vibing sketchy because they're in weird fucking straits. Like, you know, the the fact that like someone who seemed like a Wall Street, well, 
if they seem like a Wall Street exec, that might be a far enough to the other side. It's like, <laughs> fuck you, get, you know, call a cab. But, but you know, right. so if, if it was someone who came <laughs> off as like... Wall Street execs never scam anybody. If it's someone who seemed, if it seemed like a librarian sure. who was like, you know, hey, you know, this is a weird situation, can you help me out? You know, it's like, okay, I'll probably be a little bit more likely. I, I would still be unlikely to let a random person in my car probably because I'm just, I think, kind of walls up about that level of come inside my space but yeah but but still like you know there's definitely that that sense of like okay well i can do sort of a quick what's the vibe i get uh which on the one hand makes perfect sense you know obviously if you're getting a sketchy vibe that's more of a problem than if you aren't but on the other hand like there's nothing to stop like someone from being like a high functioning sociopath so like you know that very nice seeming non-sketchy vibing person who has a very earnest and lucid and short explanation for why they need something could end up, you know, murdering me, you know? Right. Uh, right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it could be my constant nervousness of coming off like a dick to anybody <laughs> in the world that makes me like super a pushover in this stuff. It could be that I grew up in a really small town where it was like pretty normal to just bum a ride from a stranger to the other yeah. end of the town or hitchhike to the next little town or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like I grew, every, like yeah. most people kind of picked up hitchhikers. I grew up in the city and, you know, took the bus once I was allowed to and, you know, stranger danger was like... sure. I don't know if it was at its actual peak, but it was definitely like, you know, it was it was the 80s. There was the satanic panic stuff that I didn't actually ever deal with hmm. directly. But like, I felt like that was sort of like, you know, sort of dare and, you know, look out for strangers and, mm-hmm. you know, strange men selling glowing neon drugs out of the bottom of trash can lids. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Perfect idea of how kids get hooked on drugs is like a guy just runs up to him with a syringe and says, here, this is free. Yep. <laughs> Put this in your arm. But I'm also kind of you're on drugs and somehow <laughs> that benefits me. That's, that's, that's how it works. That's the system. That's why we there have to declare war scare. on them. Maybe I mentioned this before, but there was a big scare among parents of my, uh, my junior high school that, uh, uh, people were giving little kids tattoos that had LSD in the in the tattoo ink, and this was like a scare. This was pre like ubiquitous email, so this was a scare that went around office fax machines between parents, <laughs> and parents would bring home the fax so and have wave you, it have you gotten, threateningly in their kids' don't face. Don't you think about getting a tattoo? Look, look, for, look for these types of tattoos, Superman, <laughs> and I'm like, what the. F- fuck is this <laughs> i didn't get it from my parents it was the kid next door in the duplex his mom was like showing it to me and him and she's like i you know i haven't really i'm like <laughs> 11 i haven't really thought about the tattoo route yet but i'll keep this in mind if someone's <laughs> offering free superman tattoos in fact going on an acid trip is probably the least of your worries if that's what i'm fucking coming home with in that sense it feels like the internet's probably a really good development at least on that specific front because it's gonna be so much easier for a random kid to actually just google and call bullshit on stuff like that well in like, one there, sense but in the other sense it's one of those lie makes it twice around the world before the truth gets its shoes put on type of situation and that's like a hundredfold with the internet yeah i don't know but but like yeah but at that point we're talking about like fact checking stuff on twitter not like a pervasive like parental panic I like I, with, I with, think with those circles overlap in the Venn maybe, diagram maybe i don't know i guess <laughs> I, I haven't had an opportunity to be particularly exposed to that lately so uh, maybe maybe it is still sort of there. But well, I, you want a tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got Superman or Mighty Mouse. <laughs> it's like 38 fucking episodes before you finally get around to offering. 
That would make an interesting This is just a long con. Remember how we first met? I asked if I could use your phone and then asked for 65 cents. And then mm-hmm. I said, hey, you know, we should do a podcast. <laughs> it's about the tattoos. I was working my way to the tattoos. Oh, and now, a, now it's, it's finally paying off. It's all coming around finally. Jesse, can I just say I, I, I really enjoy our, our recording process where <laughs> level of professionalism where I just poke a button every once in a while and you wonder whether or not I'm recording or not and we talk about it. Maybe we talk about it while I'm recording. Maybe we talk about it when I'm not. But either way, maybe you think we're recording yeah. and we're not. Maybe yeah. we're, you don't think we're recording. Maybe we haven't been recording anything. Maybe maybe this is the, this is the actual long con. It's it, I wasn't trying to get that tattoo. <laughs> I was trying to get you in my basement. Really, really get your guard down and then murder you. You've you hacked the local DNS on my home router, so so when I try to go to the crapshoot.net, I see all the episodes I think I've uploaded, but the rest yep. of the world has never yeah, heard no. any of these. Which ex- these which explains our current level of, of listener feedback. <laughs> I tell you, it leaked out to one guy though, <laughs> whose name I've forgotten. Sorry, guy, we do love you. Uh, on the subject of this beer, which we're drinking some... Yeah, I actually haven't started amber. it yet. I'm sort of... I'm relishing the final moments of my uh, not having had a drink for yeah, a I feel, while. I, I'm yeah, I'm I feel like... Because I'm kind of proud of myself. Am I, am I, am I like... Am I corrupt? Like, do you want to keep not? Because it's okay. Well, we could make a game out of it. What's could, the game? I, I drink know. beer and you don't and... <laughs> that's I mean, that's fine with me. Josh's favorite game. It's an okay game. <laughs> well, it's actually... So on the subject of... of Drinking beer or not mm-hmm. drinking beer. I, uh, well, I don't know. You, we flip a coin or something. I guess I didn't have any ideas about a game. Fuck. Do you want, do you want a Rochambeau you... for whether or not you get a drink of beer? <laughs> I don't know. Whoever wins, I lose. Um, um, the beer is Immersion Amber from Two Beers Brewing Company, which I had never heard of, but is apparently out of Seattle. And, uh, what do you think of it? I, I, I think, uh, I'm drinking the second beer, so the rest of these are presumably empty. Um, that's nice. Cool. It's nice. It's it's uh, you know I think I think when I first started paying a little bit more attention, the game to is the over. Beer, by the way, I lost. I'm yeah, drinking the beer now. Yeah, Jesse lost. And now he's drinking. All right, off um, the wagon again. <laughs> uh, it's when when I first started paying attention to beer, like at all. I think I had an amber that was like a non-representative amber, and I decided, you know what, I really like amber ales. Mm. Amber ales. I'm on board with amber ales. You know, it's probably something like Fat Tire, which is a little bit sweeter as and, and less bitter as ambers go than a lot of other ambers i've had yeah fat tire fat tire is uh is one of my go-tos when i'm kind of in the mood for a pale ale really and and i get it even though it's an amber it's kind of along the same lines yeah so anyway, fact, it's funny because actually a toss-up when i was at the store between this and uh fat tire so. fat tires real, but I, I haven't had this before so i'm excited to be drinking it i else. like to get a different one for every episode almost i think i've got a pretty high batting average yeah no you, you've been good with a variety so whereas i just buy whatever is it uh you know the the Seven Eleven, a block away. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. So there. you know, well, yeah, it's actually it's. We've talked about that before. The, the yeah, the there's, improvement a, there's a lot in selection. of types of Smirnoff we haven't yeah. tried yet. <laughs> but uh, but but of beer. So so Angela and I have both been trying to uh, reduce carbs really mm. significantly. Like like not li- quite literally no carb, but like sort of avoiding obvious carbs at least, and doing sort of like a quasi paleo thing. Mm. Uh, of which we've been like doing a lot of recipes off of Nom Nom Paleo, uh, which is a nice uh, site that does paleo cooking, you know, like it's a paleo cooking blog, essentially. 
Um, and it's a little bit more all in on the paleo thing, whereas we're like, you know, we can modify this recipe a little bit if we need to. Um, uh, real big about ghee, uh, clarified butter, I guess. We haven't bothered to try oh. and make any ghee. We just like, oh, okay, so so butter or olive oil, okay. Can you... Ghee, G-H-E-E. And it's... Ghee, okay, I guess? Maybe, maybe I need like... Okay, I know about the paleo thing. Okay. But just give me the five second recap of it. It's no, it's nothing processed basically, like no processed wheat stuff. Yeah, no. pretty much no, 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 no processed stuff, uh, more or less avoiding carbs and grains. And the, and the, just the ultimate, like the super simplest recap of it is it's like what our yeah, ancestors I think, I, I think before the idea agriculture that, existed, what, what they yeah, would have eaten. On the presumption that human nutrition nutrient systems and digestion have not fundamentally evolved from where they were, you know, a couple thousand years ago or whatever. Right. When our um, diet was like berries and woolly mammoths yeah. or whatever. So, so the goal is somewhat to, you know, aim for the diet we had at the time rather than the diet that's evolved okay. through the industrialization of food. And so he, this is where I get into my, like, I have been convinced by something on the internet that I can't remember what it was or make the case myself, <laughs> but here's what I've just decided by something that convinced me. I'm excited. Is that, like, the biological science of it, the, like, as a diet that helps you lose weight or balance out some of the excesses of kind of the normal, the typical American diet is not necessarily bad. It's fine. But the actual, like, historical roots into which this diet is drawn from is a little bit like voodoo hand waving oh, nonsense. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I, I have zero interest in it philosophically. Okay. <laughs> um, but 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 like that's not it's not it doesn't actually work because your body quote unquote bodies are designed for a certain I, I, yeah, era no, no, no. of human uh, food consumption as styles. far as far as I can tell it works to the extent that it works and it's early on for us so who even knows how well it works but I think it basically it turns out that you know a low carb diet is a good way to reduce your effective you know net caloric intake okay so now you know. okay so I'm with you yeah right. um, yeah now to ghee it's you ghee what there's a thing in butter that's okay to eat and a thing in butter that's not okay to eat and you have to filter I, the one I, from I, the part, other part of the part of the reason that i don't have any you know opinion or experience with ghee is like i haven't cared enough to find out like okay. i'd be i'd be curious to find out what the deal is with it okay um but uh, i have no idea we like uh, again we haven't bothered like you know we we cook with olive oil and i think that gets us in more or less the same territory mm -hmm. but that's the thing like that's the thing we're, we're really doing sort of a it's just sort of a quasi paleo thing we're not doing it because it's paleo we're doing mm -hmm. it because if you want to find good keyword search for stuff that doesn't involve <laughs> a lot of carbs or processed foods paleo kind of gets you there right a, the a pretty simple restrictive diet that yeah. you can you, in portland you can find a lot of accommodation yeah. kind of already built towards so yeah exactly we, we, we made crackling chicken tonight which is just oh. like you know you get some uh chicken thighs with the skin on and you put some salt on the skin and you fry it for seven to ten minutes and you put some herbs on the other side and you flip it over and you fry it for a few more minutes you start with some ghee in the pan mm, mm -hmm. instead i put some butter in the pan oh my god and uh so yeah it's chicken with butter and salt and some herbs and that's <laughs> that's all there is to it you know so right. like we, so we didn't stick religiously to the recipe because like fuck it, we don't have the specific herb mixture you're asking for, and we don't have any ghee, mm -hmm. but you know what? We can just put a little bit of oily fat something in the pan and cook some fucking chicken, and it was great. It was really good. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, I mean, that's more or less how I've just improved 
chicken cooking in my life anyway, yeah. never having owned a cookbook really. When That's I, not true. Someone once gave me a book that had um, 100 Ways to Cook Ramen, which I thought was fun. <laughs> Man, okay. Most so, of them suck, though. <laughs> so what, what this all comes around and to... And they require more than one ingredient, so already bullshit to me. Yeah, I, Sorry. I, I don't I don't mind a little bit of simple cooking. Like I, 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 I no, haven't turned no. into like a cooking guy per se, but I have developed... Like at this point, there are a number of things that I can pre- prepare that that are simple, but like not quite trivial. That I'm like, hey, I can make a, I can make a decent stir fry. I can mm-hmm. make decent eggs. I can make a frittata. Mm. I can, you know, make, you know, popovers. I can make a, a a half a dozen, you know, to a dozen things probably if I sat down and thought mm-hmm. about it. That are like they're not shit. Like if I invited some over someone over for a home cooked meal. There are meals I could make, and that's kind of that's kind of nice, you know. It's it's nice to realize that I'm able to like you know just cook a little, and you know if I'm in the right mood, kind of enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, so so that's a nice thing. I don't know. Yeah. So that, that that sort of works into this whole trying to do this is like okay, well we'll learn to cook some other things, and so we're eating a lot of meat and a lot of vegetables mm-hmm. is basically what it comes down to, and that works out okay. But what we're not doing is eating a lot of carbs and. Mm-hmm. That's the goal, and that seems like a good idea, and I'm I'm sort of interested in the experiments we do it, but it turns out I really fucking like carbs too. <laughs> um, I like, like like I'm not sitting around like bummed all the time or anything, but like you know, it's it's effortful. Like it actually it it's not just like oh well you know. And there are foods that like I really like that I ended up giving up and it was kind of okay. Like I've basically stopped consuming milk, mm. uh, except for maybe cooked into a recipe now and then because uh, I've gotten lactose intolerant as I've gotten older. And you oh. know it's that's a shitty deal. It literally it's like it does bad shit to my you know digestion of food because of the lactase fucks with my intestines or whatever. And so if I don't want to like to have an unpleasant time in the bathroom, I should just avoid the milk. Okay, uh, just, yeah. Let's, let's consider this let's established that, and move on to the rest yeah. of the story. Basically, <laughs> I'm sitting there. Anyway, uh, but, you know, it, it turns out, like, like it took me a while to sort of come to grips with, like, you know, this this really must be a thing. There really is a con- uh, a correlation here. And I cut it out, and it turns out, yeah, no, that's that's a better situation there, skipping the milk. And I really, I was hesitant to, because, like, I really like milk, but it, turns out i don't miss it very much like it's okay i i remember it's more like i remember liking milk than i miss milk in practice i've eaten like cereal with almond milk and it's been okay mm-hmm. you know uh i milkshakes are still kind of every once in a while i'll have a milkshake and mm-hmm. sort of roll the dice there because <laughs> i really fucking like a milkshake but uh but only a good milkshake ice cream is kind of off mm. and that's that hurts a little bit but okay. You know, ice cream, it's not a staple food. It's like I kind of had to make a point of getting ice cream, so I've just stopped making that point, and it's okay. Um, but anyway, the thing is, beer is made <laughs> out of carbs. It's literally, yeah. it's just like they poured carbs into a can or a bottle or a pint glass. So I, I both really like beer and really should try and like not just drink beer as much as I would like to. Um like I'm not on a never again sort of thing. Like I'm definitely not, you know, willing to commit to that level, but I've cut back. Like, you know, it's like I'm a, I'm a beer in the evening sort of person, you know, and now it's like a beer a couple days a week, you mm-hmm. know, and it's doable, but it's weird. So, so the fact that we're sitting here uh, with a, a six pack of this stuff is definitely like, 
it's a luxurious cheat sort of mm-hmm. situation. Well, yeah, for me too, because like I said, I wasn't even drinking, and I wouldn't be drinking a beer tonight if it wasn't because I, because of you enabling me. I'm a me bad influence, right? So you know, when you read my when you read my obituary in the morning, you can just think about what you've done. Um, how's it How's it been going? The the great. I I uh, it like when I quit smoking. Um, I didn't see any. Do you want to res- smoke by the way? No. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That sounds great, actually. <laughs> They pair really well. That was one of the problems is that when you when you are smoking cigarettes and drinking a beer, they kind of offset each other nicely. The beer is kind of a depressant, and the, cig- the nicotine's kind of a picker upper. Yep. Subtly, um, the beer kind of cools off your throat, and the cigarette kind of warms up your throat. They're, so you they're very kinda, complementary. You can smoke faster because you're continually extinguishing yeah. the burning throat it's, that it's, you it's would like, get if you were chain it's, smoking. It's, it's like eating a hot dog by dipping it in water. You know, like it's a professional. Exactly it's like basically, that. it's like that it's Japanese guy who ate fifty hot dogs. Is that yeah? Um, anyways, uh, what was I saying? Beer. Do, How do, do, the, do, going do, without do, the beer? Oh yeah. Um, but I, I, re- I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, it's don't don't let me turn in one of these platitude douchebags who writes a blog post about the seventeen things he learned, revelations he had when he quit beer for two weeks or whatever. But um, it actually did make me sleep through the night a little bit better. It actually did uh, give me more energy just in general, not just on days when I otherwise would have been hungover but just all around in general and actually did lose weight even though I was kind of spoiling myself on food because I would use food sometimes as a substitute for wanting a beer or a drink. I still lost a little bit of weight anyways, like not just without trying, but actually while actively seeking to undermine losing weight, I still managed to lose a little bit anyways. And just all in all, I just felt like a little better all the time. Um, And then, you know, a lot of the times just kind of itched for a beer, but you can do that. For whatever reason, I've, I've never had as much trouble stopping doing something that's bad for me as I had started doing something that's good for me. Yeah. And like starting an exercise regimen oh God, would yeah. be way harder than like quitting, you know, a drug I was addicted to, I think, just because of kind of how my makeup is. And in the one sense, it seems like, well, it's... It's because, like, kind of philosophically, it's easier to not do something than to do something that you wouldn't otherwise be doing. Because to not do something is to just eliminate one of a million possibilities of anything you could be doing in a moment. But to do something is to live, you know, whatever, right? My my, my brain works. But really, there were some really solid uh, (laughs) hand gestures there, too. It 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 was somewhere between jazz hands and, like representing wisps of smoke through interpretive dance. It was great. (laughs) As a way of mocking my own like high mindedness of what is 100% a clever way of just saying I'm lazy and it's easier for me to not do something because not doing things are easier for lazy people than (laughs) doing things because I'm a fucking slug. Um, Play their strengths, you know? Yeah. It's and and, and, yeah, it's lean into it when it, when it works for you. So. For whatever it's worth, it, it says the guy who's just started drinking during the course of this podcast. Well, and again. you know, I, I think I think a useful thing to take from there is that like you can end up if you're not if it's not like a, I need to do something about my crippling alcoholism, then like okay, but tonight I'll have a couple of beers, but then I'll go back to not drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Seems like an okay way to go. Like you know, that's and and for me, I'm thankful that I've never like been in a situation where I really had to like like cold turkey, something that was bad for me. Like yeah. I've, I've, I've happily never developed any like serious bad habits along those lines. Uh, and so I haven't had to sort of test the limits of my ability to pull that off, which I'm sort of glad for Cause who knows how well it would go. Um, 
Yeah, and you know, it's it's it, it affects little things. Like I'm all I'm never like, oh, I should I, I need to check myself before I drive home, or you know, whatever. I need to like make sure I got my bearings, or you know, I need to make sure I stop before you know a certain time because I have a conference call in the morning that I want to be lucid for. Yeah, I'm che- you know usually when I would stop at the grocery store, I would just get a six pack to just have a six pack for the next what, however many days just in the fridge sure, for whatever yeah. reason. Um, so now just kind of defaulting not to doing that means I just go to the self checkout line and I don't have to like wait for someone to come over and check my ID and punch in a cut. I mean, it's like a million little things like that. It's it's just like, this is actually sort of more convenient and cool to be like this all the time than to kind of just constantly have alcohol just kind of floating above you. Yep. I, I don't. I don't think of it as like a ball and chain ruining my life, but but it's something that's like, wow, it's actually kind of nice to have a bunch of minor irritants not around for a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and it and it paid off nicely. I thought. I don't know. I liked it. I'll, I'll probably do it again next year. I I know people who um who are dry every January just kind of as a as a reset. Sort of recalibrating and so on. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think that's a bad idea. Well, good for you. It. Cool. Solid um, work. Yeah, was there something else I was going to go with that? I don't think so. Smoking's cool. You want to start smoking with me? Yeah, sure. Let's cool. do that. What, what do you want to smoke? Tobacco? I, or? I was thinking like uh, pencil shavings, <laughs> maybe some oregano. <laughs> uh, some banana peels. Did you ever hear that when you were young? I did hear that. Uh, I mean, not, nothing in great detail, but I remember that coming up specifically mm-hmm. as like a thing somehow. Like, oh yeah, no, there's hallucinogenic properties, man. Yeah, it'll look at your eye. <laughs> I was like, but I'm not even trying to get high off the normal drugs. I, I guess the part of the idea was like, even if you couldn't get the normal drugs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you couldn't get the normal drugs, if you couldn't do some marijuana, then, right. you know, you could do some banana peel. Right. Uh, if you couldn't, you know, take some weed, if you, uh, which in Oregon, some you can just pot. go to a store and buy it. Yeah. Did, did I tell you that we used to have like a, a little weed dispensary, like two blocks up the street, like in this residential zone, there's this one little like commercial. It used to be a convenience store for a number of years mm-hmm. and it seemed like it was doomed and eventually it shut down. And then it turned into a dispensary after the legalization came through and it was there for about three months. And now it's moved up the street to an actual like normally commercially zoned bit of area. Hmm. I don't think anybody in the neighbor was super happy. Well, not nobody. I'm sure some people in the neighborhood were happy <laughs> that there was a dispensary right. there. But it was weird. It sort of stuck out like a sore throat. Right. So. The company doesn't stay in business by making nobody happy. But, yep. Um, um, unless it's Comcast. Yeah, I still have not availed myself of the legality of weed in Oregon. And it's like, because I've never really been much of a pot smoker. Like, yeah. uh, I've I've probably literally smoked weed like a dozen times in my life. In your life? In my life, I yeah. was there for one of them, I think. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's the only time it ever happens if, if I'm hanging out with people and right. it comes up and I'm like, is it going to be a problem? It's the fucking some weed here? fights. Oh, okay. And the fucking devil. Have I? Oh, was that... I don't okay, remember. Okay, no, I actually I don't enough, yeah. I, I'm having trouble remembering a time well, it does that, that you and you. I the devil weed would have been around some weed poisoning your brain. Uh I've smoked weed with mephites like maybe once or twice. Uh I I yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, might, it probably was still illegal when it happened, so I don't know if I want to um, <laughs> get anybody <laughs> but in anyways, trouble. But anyways, yeah. I think it, it was like a barbecue you had here. That at, could at be. House. Yeah. And, and then and just I think it was kind of like at the end of the yeah. night, most people had gone home. That would make someone sense. Someone passed around a joint or something. Well, and that's the sort of situation. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Right, I'm, right. I'm I'm at home. Hey. Or, you know, I'm out camping or whatever. So, um, but yeah. So it's never been like a big thing. Like, I, I, I'm vaguely pro it. But uh, I don't really care. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's my position too. Except that I'm not. I'm not vaguely pro it 
coming into my body ever again. <laughs> I mean, I was a heavy, and this is an, yet another thing I've probably rambled about on this this show, but I was a heavy, heavy pot smoker in my teens, and it was kind of a consequence of growing up in Ukiah, California, part of the what was called the Emerald Triangle of, uh, of uh, marijuana growing, like world famous marijuana growing area in Northern California, and uh, it was just ever present, and and it just became my thing, and it kind of was part of how I just became. It, in to my estimation, a cool guy in high school was the, the the guy who always had pot, and yeah, it was a regular thing. And then one, and at one point, I just hit a wall with it, and it and it suddenly became really, really like b- a fucking bummersville to be stoned. It just found, became a really unpleasant experience for me, and I tried it a few years later, and I tried it again a few years later, and it just never kind of came, or never circled back. So it was not great for me, but of course, of course, legalize the shit. I mean, fucking, it's a no, such a no-duh thing yeah. unless you just want another law in the books that you could punish people disproportionately, minorities disproportionately poor people with and keep them in jail and blah, 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 all the rambling arguments I could make to it that I totally agree with. But I also, like you, don't give that much of a shit, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't want a law in the books that, like, punishes minorities um out of proportion with the scale of the crime especially but uh i also like because i'm from this like super super pot loving kind of children of hippies town it was just everybody had a patch on their backpack that was like legalize it is the people were handing out petitions and at a certain point you're like i've seen 10 petitions against this and like no petitions against the fucking illegal invasion of iraq and i'm kind of starting to wonder (laughs) where anyone's fucking priorities are right now it's kind of annoying well i mean to be fair it's not like you can smoke the unjust invasion of iraq you know yeah that's true and it's like, if everyone just got high, then no one would have war, right? Yeah. I mean, man. this is like kind of shit like I got tired of. So at a certain like that point, Stephen I was just King like, story whatever, about- make it legal, fine. But like, can we just like not have it be what the the issue that we hang our entire identities on when there's more kind of more important shit in the world? Yeah. Anyway, that was my two cents It's a on thing. It. Yeah. Well, so cool. Great. Glad it's legal. Get, you know, let a thousand pot buds bloom. I don't fucking care. The day it became legal in Ukiah, California, I walked into Safeway and there was a guy just holding a big ass bag of Doritos, just staring at it. And he turns his head to me in ultra slow motion. And then once his head is finished turning and he's locked eyes with me, a smile slowly creeps across his cheeks. And I'm like, this is what the rest of my fucking life in this town is going to look like. I have to get out of here. Good one. Thanks. Nailed it. Uh, have I told you about so H. What's John the Benjamin? Of a dismount, an end mount? I don't know. A, a mount? A mount, I guess. Yeah, it's just a, a mount. mount. We hit it's... level 40 and you get a mount if you have 800 gold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's God, it. That's old. That's oh, like first, fucking, that's pre ah, first patch or whatever. Yeah, first fucking fucking MMOs. You know what yeah. we should not talk about? MMOs. Fuck, I had this druid. This is back when <laughs> druids leveled like <laughs> half as fast as anyone else. And I got that druid to 60 and then the first expansion came out and I'm like, fuck my life. I'm done. You want you want to really reach into a uh, that was the really, end of that story. Did, did they by the really way. level half as fast? 
um, they just it was kind of like popularly known and understood on the forums that Druid was the slowest leveling. Oh, okay. well. And it was because they're like the old they like they don't specialize in any one area, but they're like the super like flexible. They can kind of get into a tank mode or get into a DPS mode or get into a okay. healer role. But it would be unfair if it could level just as effectively in any of those, and then it could kind of. Oh, like wait, maxim, oh, oh, are we talking everything? about like like D and D Druids? I thought we were talking like Wow. Wow, I'm talking about well, Wow. Really weird. Yeah. Okay, okay. I've decided right now we should definitely stop talking about this. It turns out I don't <laughs> care, even though I kind of care. So we'll talk about this offline okay. sometime. Yeah. Uh, shit, what was I going to say? I was going to say a thing about a thing, and then I got excited. Oh, old technology. Let's go right. back farther than Wow. Jessamine. This is before Moonkin form. Yeah. This Shut is, the fuck up. This is when it Shut was just bear and cat. We are not talking. No. <laughs> so Jessamine. Jessamine West, my my uh, former colleague and internet friend and famous librarian mm-hmm. from Vermont. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she posted a meta talk today on Metafilter saying, hey, can we bring back the gopher server? Uh, because once upon a time, Metafilter actually had a gopher server. I don't even remember what it served. This was like really back in the day. Like Matt Howie actually shut it down back when he shut it down in the early 2000s because like, well, you know, it's eating up like two to three megabytes of RAM on the server. (laughs) So we really, I I just got to shut it down. I think I remember this happening. This is a little piece of knowledge that just floats freely in my mind unattached to anything because I only have the vaguest notion of what Gopher was. I mean, I had a Gopher client on my Mac when I connected using the TCP IP control panel and I could have tunneled. No. Yeah. connected to a gopher server but i didn't never knew what any one of them were or what i would do with yeah them. well and gopher i i don't know a whole lot about it but my basic understanding of it is that basically it was kind of a distributed it's sort of like a digital interlibrary loan sort of system in the sense that like you you could request a document and the gopher server would try and find it from some, somewhere for you oh i see um, but cool. like, there's no, there's no hyperlinks. Uh, there's no sort of hypertext context in it. You're just like serving up files from a navigational menu, essentially. Hmm. Um, so I don't know what was on the original Metafilter Gopher server. I don't know if it was just literally Metafilter being chucked out to flat text files on Gopher or not. Oh, but Jessman wrote today to like made this post saying, "Hey, can you bring the Gopher server back?" And Fuck yeah. uh, PB's response was like, "The Gopher server was before my time, so I literally have no idea." <laughs> and the, the the interesting thing to me is that Jessamine's response was like to then sort of jokingly tweet about it, uh, saying, "I asked for the Gopher server to come back, and they said no." And so here's my mock indignation <laughs> about it. But but what PB actually said was like, "I don't know how to do that." And the thing is, anybody who's been paying it into MetaTalk, and this includes Jessamine, and she probably knows this in the back of her head too knows like when you ask for something outlandish and pb says i'm not sure (laughs) that just begins the clock so we currently we haven't launched it yet by the time this airs maybe we'll have so we haven't launched it yet but we currently do have a gopher server running he has proceeded to figure it out what is it serving you still don't know at the moment it's just serving the ascii art meta filter (laughs) banner uh but we're gonna try and figure out what and the thing is like we could in theory like chuck the entire site out there but it's tricky it's like if there's no hyperlink so it's literally just a menu of content so you have to figure out how to serve shit so we could serve like the entire site's worth of stuff rendered to flat files but that's oh god this gets so yeah yeah so So you could i mean this forgive my not knowing any technical server-side terminology but you you could flatten it out to a plain text file at the time the request happened or you could be constantly 
appending to the existing text files or we every could do time a daily someone made a dump, content. You know? Yeah, like, that's true. Like I don't I don't see us but doing it live. But then you would live. never be getting the freshest content. Well, I think over. I think if yeah, I think you just have to <laughs> fucking deal with second it. Second class citizens accessing the site. You know, maybe we'll do just like the first year of the site, or maybe we'll go back 15 years in time on a daily update or something. If but, memory uh, serves, uh, Metafiltered HTML always rendered real nicely with like images off or like using screen reader programs. I think yeah, it was no, always like, yeah, a little ahead of the curve. Yeah, it's, it's been designed to, and we've sort of kept, tried to keep that more or less in place. I remember kind of auditing all the sites I went to yeah, on a daily Metafilter basis is, with that just out of curiosity. Metafilter is very readable design. in like links and yeah. W3M. Like it, it, it basically works. The weird thing about Gopher is because like there is no hypertext, you know, if you render an entire thread, you know, you can read through the thread, but any links in there are just going to be like, they aren't links. It's just someone, you know, saying something and then it doesn't make sense because there's a link context that's not there. So mm -hmm. we could do some post-processing to indicate that there had been a link, even though you can't follow it. But I don't know. We'll see. But I'm excited about the idea right. of bringing them back. It reminds me of when... It really is like a Tilde Club. Yeah, exactly. It reminds yeah. me of like the, the newsreader on, on Tilde Club, huh. uh, which I, I, I feel bad for not keeping up with this because I still love that that happened. Mm -hmm. Um but I can transition from there into sort of my current moment of enthusiasm about uh, the XOXO outpost. You know, that's funny because I think, it, and this maybe I'm way off, uh, my memory is way loopy. I've had a lot, I've smoked a lot of Mary Jane today and eaten a lot of uh, pop brownies. Did you, did you do some of the weed? I did a lot of the weed today. No, that's not true. I, uh, I think that the one person who was like, ah, oh, shit, that sucks, when the gopher server was turned off was Wax Pancake, our own Andy <laughs> Bayo, in the thread way back at the time. Because that's, I mean, that's one of those things you go spelunking in classic meta filter and you're like, or yep. like you're just curious what, who, who like, you know, what Jason Cocky's first comment on meta filter was. Or what are you yep. doing? And you find all these little gems. And then there was something like that. And I think it was Andy Bayo who was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious to go spelunking. I'll probably do a little bit of research between now and whenever we actually mention publicly that it's working but but yeah if if we haven't announced it already and you're curious mm -hmm. you really can go to gopher colon slash slash gopher dot metafilter dot com yeah. and uh, see what's going on there from your gopher client it's there's no gopher s colon slash slash gopher yeah, secure yeah I, I don't think so no okay. uh, <laughs> well that's that's that that's one of the things pb brought up is like you know is gopher was ever made in like a backronym or anything or is it just always I, just been gopher? I, I think it was just gopher. Okay. I think it was just a just a, a joke. No from one the ever start. pretended that it made. Yeah, I don't think so. Stood for something. Okay, maybe we'll come up with something. Maybe okay. we'll justify it that way. But uh, yeah, I, I've always liked the idea of getting like a meta filter mud going, like just mm -hmm. some dumb, uh, like little role playing chat situation where we run around killing rats and making jokes about favorites and flags. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've always liked the idea and I've never liked it enough to actually do it. So uh, yeah, the gopher server seems like a better plan. Uh, it's, it's not a bunch of content generation. It's just like, Oh yeah, no, it's uh, let's, let's render some, some files to text. Um, but yeah, but, 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 but the outpost. Okay. Yeah, sure. XOXO, 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 outpost. XOXO outpost. Yes. Uh, which you bring up Andy because Andy Bayo, former podcast guest and all around good guy 
uh, is one of the two Andys, along with Andy McMillan, who runs the XOXO Fest that we've both been to. And uh, talked about the great and, length. And talked about, joy. yes, a wonderful creative conference in Portland every year. Uh, so the big thing that they were working on, even as of uh, the last conference that we went to last September, was setting up a permanent space in town called the XOXO Outpost. And so they got a big old industrial building, like a great big you know, warehouse type uh, building uh, that had previously been used by uh, another company in town. And uh, so XOXO has taken over this really, space. Really, really like of a piece with the spaces that they've found for the conferences. If you've been to XOXO and you were yeah. at the Red or at the U Contemporary, that the, the kind of like... For almost from another era, yeah. People like, like, really like, made things with their hands. Yeah, type turn of vibe of the last century yeah. uh, industrial uh, like production warehouses, factory type, just type places. Cool, just really, yeah, really cool, steeped cool. in history that yeah. you feel when you walk in. It's cool. Just giant places. Yeah. Um, and, and and so they've got they've just opened it up now after doing a bunch of work the last several months to try and start a sort of get it into shape. So they've, they're still doing a bunch of work on it. So like there's, they had to tear out old moldy carpet and they haven't got a new carpet in and they're building conference rooms and getting furniture put together. And, and Andy roof is was a giant ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. Like. They had to get that fixed. Uh, Andy has been literally assembling roller chairs mm. as, as time goes by in time for people to be able to sit in them because they're bringing people in uh, to, to work there. So it's, it's essentially partly, it's just a co-working space. Like it's a place where people, uh, who do creative stuff of various sorts and who have use for a co-working space uh, can come and do that. And uh, I went by yesterday and checked it out and I'd been interested in the idea. I thought it was a cool idea. And I sort of went there. I was like, yes, I should do this. Cause you know, I work from home mm -hmm. and so it turns out what happens when you work from home is if you don't really make an effort, you work from home a lot. Like I've got this fantastic job where in theory I can work anywhere and like the imaginary awesome version is I'm going to like coffee shops and like eclectic joints around town and <laughs> hanging out and co-working with other people and just like enjoying my city while working. And it turns out what I really do is I stay home and don't put pants on mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, play video games if it's quiet. And that's not bad. I really like that. Sure. And I'm still going to keep doing that some of the time, but it's a really sort of not leaving the house and not socializing sort of thing. So it's like my social time is, you know, primarily with my wife who I love a great deal and we get along well, but like she sort of gets, the entirety of my social energy, you know, which is sort of not totally fair to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I sort of have that dearth of random social interactions, you know, which is not a great plan. And, and, and so the idea of having a place where I can sort of force myself to go to and actually be around other people is a good idea. And if it's going and being around people who I actually like, and I'm going to have conversations with, even as someone who's a little bit on the bashful side around complete strangers, uh, that's a bonus. And so, you know, the people who are working there so far are basically all XOXO conference people. So, you know, there's like Matthew Bogart, who mm -hmm. we've had on the podcast. I'm sitting across from him <laughs> uh, now. And, and Andy and Andy are there. And Darius Kazemi is there. And uh, uh, Six Foot Six, uh, Ryan is there. And a bunch of other people. And, mm -hmm. and you know, there's... And they're sort of bringing in more people every day because they just started sort of bringing people mm -hmm. in. So, mm -hmm. so it's exciting. It's 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 a yeah. neat thing. Yeah, I'm in I'm in a really similar space to you, where more and more. I mean, my job takes me around 
Oregon and Washington and sometimes I fly out and I spend, you know, a week somewhere else. But um, throw a dart at a calendar and, and eh, you're probably 50% chance at least that you're going to land on a day where I just work from home because there was no compelling reason to be at a store. Might as well cut the commute out and just do spend that 30 minutes working instead of sitting in a car going to a place where I would be doing the same work anyway, yeah. which is like answering email, taking phone calls, designing stuff, you know, whatever. So I end up at home a lot and, and a lot lately. And boy, yeah, it's I mean, at first I'm just like 830 a.m. Alarm goes off, spring up, you know, take the shower, get the coffee, you know, get dressed. Go. All right. Time to walk into the workroom. Burr, burr, burr. And now it's just like. Uh, my girlfriend's gonna get home. I should probably take a shower before <laughs> she gets home, so it looks like I took a shower today. Well, you know, I, at some point I, earlier in the I, day. I was gonna say, you know, you should get a desk at, at the outpost, but I was like, oh, but he's got like a day job, right? But maybe. Well, I, I mean, let, maybe. I, let, if, let me let me put my cards on the table and say I'm like desperately jealous of the fact that you have one because I did. I threw in an application. I didn't know if it. I mean, whatever. You know, it's the Andy's choice, like who they want and what they're going for. Well, he's still really actively, they, they, they got a big list. Sure. So. And, and if, and if that's, if that's not something that I fit into a hundred percent understood and no, you know, what hard feeling, whatever, I don't care. Not that I don't care, but that looks like, you know, sure, sure, yeah. that's fine. Um, I knew that when I put in the application, right. I'm going to be part of a torrent of people who are just like, I just want to be a part of this. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I like, I had a dream last night Like you were, you had a dream about Paul Ford last <laughs> night, which I'm like, fuck yeah. That's right. Um, and I had a dream about, uh, the XOXO outpost after like just like ravenously consuming the Slack channel that talks about the outpost. And, and that's I, the thing. I just don't want, I don't want to have to decide if I'm the best fit yeah. for it. That's up to the people who have a, a vision of what they want it to look like and be filled with. You yeah. Know? And yeah. And like, if that's not me, that's fine. If it exactly. is me, even better. But you should come by. Oh yeah, uh, I, I was there. Um, I was there a few weeks ago um, because they needed help putting out the desks. Like they all just got dumped in the middle of the floor, and it was like a forty-person job getting it yeah, set up, yeah, basically. Yeah. And so they're just like, "Hi, everybody!" I mean, yeah. because XO people are awesome. So yeah, I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it rules. It rules. I, I I went in yesterday, sort of thinking, well, I don't know if I should or not. And then I was like. By the end of the day, I tweeted about this, like, you know, a couple hours later, I was like, uh, actually where I am is like, I regret not bringing stuff to decorate my mm-hmm. desk that I have now because yeah. I have a desk here. <laughs> um, so, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting thing. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it partly because like it's a bunch of awesome people, but also because it's like an excuse to try and get out of the house and not be my laziest self. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can kind of hold yourself to a higher standard of, uh, yeah. hygiene and workmanship yeah. or something. I don't know. Well, um, and, and, you know, Angela was making the point the other day about it when we were sort of talking about, well, should I? And she's like, yeah, no, you shouldn't, um, that like, you know, Right now we have a schedule where I work from home and then she's home most of the time too because she's still finishing up school and she's got only so much class in a given day. Um, so, you know, so it varies from quarter to quarter, but you know, still it's like, you know, most days she's not necessarily at school for more than a couple hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the fact that I'm home is great because like we can hang out, but you know, she's going to graduate and then she's going to get a job and then she's going to be at a job, you know, job hours. And it's like, no, it'll just be me. I'll just be, I'll be really at home by myself a lot. So at that point, like going out and being among other people is probably a really good idea. So, yeah. uh, starting that habit ahead of time is probably a smart way to go. Tell um, me about more creative stuff that you're doing. Oh, what are you God. doing right now? You know, I, uh, 
since we're on the topic playing video games i've been it's it's been it's been it's been several weeks of video games actually uh i've played rise of the tomb raider which is a sequel to the reboot a couple years ago of tomb raider it was well received and Mm -hmm. the new one is good too it's there's nothing shocking about it it's really it's really a sequel Mm -hmm. like it's like hey you know we came up with pretty good game mechanics and storytelling ideas we're gonna do that again and it's fine because i've played i really enjoyed the first one it's like sorry i just i'm sorry to laugh and interrupt you no 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 um, it's just I, that I'm, I'm an d- no matter and what we do, charming the, man. The last block of the episode is us talking about the video games we're playing. No matter kind of what I'll topic keep it, I'll we keep try, it, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short this time. I'm not against it. No, no, it's a, it's a rise of Tomb Raider. It's fun, yeah. but it's like it's more Tomb Raider. So if you liked the one from a couple years ago, you'll mm-hmm. like this. If you didn't, you won't like this. Sure. There's a lot of running around and too much shooting. That I'm not super duper into, not quite enough rating of tombs. So here's a here's a pattern. You liked Uncharted, but the shooting mechanics didn't really grab you. You liked The Last of Us, but the shooting mechanics didn't yep. really grab you. Although those were both the same studio. In, in, well, yeah, but but, but um, and then Tomb Raider, same, same yeah. I think same thing, right? The, the shooting is didn't turn me off as much in Tomb Raider. It's just more like it doesn't really need to be there. Right. Like it, it's it's not bad. It's actually decent shooting, and they don't like go on it super fucking length. But there's a it's there's a lot of it. Yeah. You know, and then there's environmental I mean, puzzles. A, it could be more. It's a way you can make a game yeah. twenty hours long. I just right? I just kind of want like if I'm gonna play a shooting game, I want to be super on board. Like like Counter Strike. We've probably talked about before, but mm-hmm. Counter Strike is a game where it's literally just a team of terrorists and a team of counter terrorists and you're trying to kill each other and each round lasts three or four minutes or until everybody's dead whichever comes first and that's it and all you're doing is as teams trying to shoot each other or like you know older stuff like quake deathmatch mm-hmm. you're just trying to and that's all Which you're doing quake deathmatch was some kind of high water mark i mean i've literally oh, yeah. written yeah. an essay about why quake one was the best game ever made and never it will never be surpassed yeah no there's 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 something to shooting as a type of gameplay mm-hmm. but like i kind of feel like you know i kind of just want either a game where what you're doing is literally just shooting each other and, the, and that's like that's the pure mm-hmm. game concept or maybe like let's just fucking skip the shooting right. like i don't really right. need shooting and also an evocative story about an emotional journey by a broken down man in a post-apocalyptic scenario mm. He can just have an emotional experience. Like there doesn't have to be a bunch of shooting people in the face to, you know, you know, pad it out. Right. You know, so, so it's so like, what you're saying. And I'm so, here. I am interrupting. No, no, again. do you know, I'm the one who's always complaining when you interrupt me and here I, I enjoy an interruption. I feel like an interruption <laughs> is like, it's a strong, it's this is format is for, you know, it's like we would have much higher production values if there wasn't interrupting, <laughs> like interrupting is what gives it life. So what you just said was a perfect, a perfect tee up for this game. I just, uh, I'm on my second playthrough now and it's one of the best gaming experience I've ever had. And it's called Shooting Firewatch. Manfields? Oh, Yes. But instead of talking about Firewatch, I'm going to talk about America's Army. Do you okay. remember this video game? I, I, I never played it, but I know of it, yes. <laughs> this like is the, the U.S. Game, Army released the US Army a video game. A first-person shooter game. Um, and I don't know, I don't actually recall. This is in the 90s. This is like Unreal I was in college at the time. Era? I remember it being a thing. Like Quake 3 era? Kinda. Yeah, this was like 98, 99, I And maybe say. like this is, you know, when Call of Duty was still uh, like a World War II, like historical <laughs> video game series. 
And uh, and so they came out with a free-to-download, free-to-play first-person shooter. And I don't think there was a single-player campaign. I think it was just online multiplayer. And you just ran around shooting each other with guns. And it, every time you died, I think, or at least at the end of every round, you just got a big-ass ad for the army. Like, do this for real. Join the army. Duh, duh, duh. Well, and this is like I, I a real the- fucking... It's almost like dystopian level shit that this existed but way way better than even the fact that it existed was this which i i i learned after playing it at the beginning of the game it divides the team it divides the players on the server into two teams one is the you know patriotic americans um and one is the terrorists but no matter which team you're on you are the good guys (laughs) And the other guys are the terrorists. And it's the most perfect metaphor (laughs) for all of human conflict. (laughs) I'd forgotten. Unintentionally. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. No, I'd forgotten all about that. But that's, it's brilliant. It's like, it's like, yeah, like whatever side you're on, you're on the correct side. Because how, because I mean, it's obvious why it works that way. How could the army release a game where people get to choose to be the terrorists killing the army men, right? That's not going to fucking fly. Yeah, no, no. But then how do you make the game so you're not a bunch of army men killing each other? Because that's the behavior the army wants to fucking discourage is killing your commanding officer because it's a real fucking problem. Um, so that's what, that's the, so, that's the design solution. You're Which almost is, well, forced brainwash into everyone it. to think that they are you know yeah and yeah. and yet it's just ends up being this inadvertent perfect fucking commentary on war it's like something out of like <laughs> a, a 1970s like sci-fi yeah. story like a post-vietnam like scathing <laughs> sci-fi indictment of the nature of wartime propaganda <laughs> except no no it's just a video game it's it, totally it's sweet unironically released by the u.s we're, army we're running for the us server. to play and learn yeah no it's ah uh, yeah. yeah anyway yeah, that was I'd forgotten that <laughs> detail. That is really kind of amazing. So your creative work lately has been playing video games. Mostly, yeah. I've been okay. playing Tomb Raider. I've uh-huh. played uh, XCOM games. Two. Came out. Yes, and people I'm are talking so about excited it. about it. I'm really enjoying it. And the fucking thing <laughs> reboots my computer during the cinematic <laughs> right before the final mission. Like every time I've tried a bunch of things, I can't get past it. I fought long and hard through this mostly honestly played campaign. I only reloaded like a, a couple times. This is like a level analogy, an allegory for the futility of war that I haven't <laughs> quite wrapped my head around yet. <laughs> it reboots your computer <laughs> right. like war does. Yeah, it's like war yeah, no, games. It's, war. it's the, the, it's the worst thing. The only way to win like, is to not play. I, I, I've fought this scrappy insurgency to try and take Earth back from the aliens and everything. Twists and turns and fallbacks and like leaps forward and I've really in this place where okay I'm ready for the final assault on the alien facility and shit and I go and do like the the pre-mission like there's a weird little sort of mission where you go broadcast the dark truth about the alien so-called benevolent invaders to the world by taking hijacking their cable network to show all the atrocities that we've discovered while you know taking down their secret black site facilities and so you broadcast to the world now the world is like my god let's go kill the spokesman of the aliens uh and it's it's all kind of hammy but it it works in the context of the the (laughs) game you know it's not a it's not a plot heavy game it's just Mm -hmm. enough to sort of like give it a, a through line but so you do that weird mission first and then you're getting ready for the big, the big last mission. And there's a big stirring cinematic where everybody's like coming together. It's like, okay, we're good to go. No, this is, we're as ready as we're ever going to be. And like you're the, the gruff standby perspective, uh, sort of 
person in the game gives a gruff speech about, you know, it's, it hasn't been easy and, you know, won't be easy and there will be losses and we aren't, you know, none of us will be the same after this, but by God, we can do it because you are capable and you are XCOM and you are, boop, my computer turns off and it reboots right then. And nothing, and you can't skip this fucking scene, so I can't even, like, press a button to not cause it to reboot there. I changed my fucking graphics drivers. They put out a patch that didn't fix it. I just can't finish this fucking game that I'm so in love with and I've been so excited about. And it's the it's the worst fucking thing. Like, the thing is, it's not, like... At the end of the day, it's just, it's obviously one mission. It's going to be a notable mission, but it's just one big, hard mission. Mm-hmm. And I've had the whole rest of the game has been great. And this is the sort of game that I'm going to oh, play yeah, through a bunch still, of times. Though. And so I'm going to start a new game and start yeah. another new game. But I don't want to because the fucking game reboots my computer. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's the worst fucking thing. It's amazing how bad this situation is. Like, I have paid $60 before for games that turned out to be pretty fucking bad and like that's like that's just like a waste of money it's like i am a fucking sucker for not reading more reviews on this Mm -hmm. thing and i but but like that like nothing nothing compared to a game i'm loving just fucking like it's like getting to the end of infinite jest and you're like wait but (laughs) <laughs> but where, where's the rest of the book? Where's the what the fuck? Right. That's not the end. Qu- quick question: Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever read a long book only to realize that like the last few pages were missing, physically missing no. from the copy? That's happened no. to wow, me. Wow, pre-internet days. That is a son of a bitch. Yeah, I read that a fucking something. lot, and a lot of the books were like busted hand-me-downs and garage sale finds and stuff. Wow. So yeah, that's happened to me. Yeah, no, no, that, that's, wow, that's that's a thing. That feels like a whole conversation. But uh, anyway, so but that's what I analogous, I think, right? I, it's, uh, I mean, you're right that it shouldn't detract from your enjoyment of the entire thing, but it's like the game's designed as this arc, right? It's, I mean, it's, you have to have the, yeah, whatever I want, weird closure I want, you're, exactly. You know, the, the thing is, it's, it's a it. game where, the, it's a game where I like the systems and I like playing it. Like, I'm excited to be done with it because then I can start it again and sort mm-hmm. of say, okay, but now I'll do it this way. You know, and there's no reason I couldn't just do that right now. But right. it's so fucking frustrating to not be able to have like that first playthrough done. To not yeah. like have to know what's at the end, to know what the capping out is. Like, you know, I really kind of want to have the whole experience before, you know, I start over rather than like yeah. 97% of it. It's, there's definitely a conversation there. I think that it's, I don't know how much a game designer does or even really wants to consider this but how i mean how, what percentage of the play time overall the world over of people's sitting down and playing the game is the first 30 minutes to hour of a game no matter if it's a 10 an hour game or a 100 yeah. hour game i mean you you have to know that like go you know going back to nintendo days that world 1-1 is insanely disproportionately over, yeah. what what people are going to be experiencing and more so in the days when running out of lives meant you started the game over, yeah, of course. Yeah. But even then, I mean, how many games do we pick up and then just kind of forget to come back to because yeah. a new game comes out? Or we start it and then we try to go back to it and we sort of don't remember how it plays because it's a year later. So we just restart, set up a new save and start from the beginning again. Yeah. Like how disproportionately is the beginning of the game weighted compared to... Well, it's got to be a lot. I mean, a lot of people don't finish games. And yeah. it, like just generally, it's incredibly rare that, that that a lot of people get to the end of a single well, player and, game. And people 
people bounce off games early too. I mean, sure. I've certainly done that on a number of games. Sure. So I think there's two gates. I think there's the one where you bounce off of it or you kind of put it down and forget to come back yeah. or what, or it's just not a game for you or whatever. And then there's the other gate where it's like, you know, not everyone has 20 hours per every game they're interested in to finish them. Yeah. So there's just kind of the tapering out thing that happens. And yeah. You can probably get 60%. I would guess as a total random stab in the dark from my own experience, 60% is about where that second gate would average. Well, yeah. There, I mean, there's the thing where like, you know, there's a certain point in a game where, you know, and different games are designed better around this than others. But, you know, you get to a point where you've kind of found all the new stuff. Like, like there yeah. wasn't a whole lot new. Right, in, you've uncovered all the mechanic, the new mechanics, yeah. and the types. And you've of had a the chance to play with them, and, and the, even yeah. even whatever else is new, you sort you can sort of extrapolate from what you've seen already. If the game's not really mechanically twisted, mm-hmm. uh, like Rise of the Tomb Raider, even if I hadn't played the first one before, I would have known sort of where I was probably seventy percent through the new one. Like there wasn't really anything new, new after that. Like they kept doing things and there was some interesting story and design stuff. So it it kept having interesting new experiences, but still like mechanically, I knew everything that was in the game when I was like halfway to two thirds done with the game, because like there's just, you know, there's only so much new stuff that you can really trickle out. And after I was like, oh wait, there's another kind of shotgun I can upgrade. Well, it's not right. really new information. And like, how smart would it even be to to withhold some of those till the last hour or two of the game yeah. when A, that's such a minority of your players are ever even going to experience that. And B, even ones who do, they don't get to have that fun for as much of the game because it's so close to the end that they even get to start playing with that mechanic yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so as a result, you if you were only considering that, um, then you would design a game that just got cons- consistently more boring as it went on. You would want to front load as much as possible yeah. the interesting and varied experiences that you wanted to pack into the game. But that's not a great experience either, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's a tricky balance. I, I thought it was, uh, oh, Jesus, I just lost it. I, I just had a thing and I lost it. Um, there's a, I've heard a rule that you want, like in, in kind of a modern AAA game, you want every like third level to be a different mechanic. So it's like two ish levels like of just running mechanic gun, and then, sort and then, of like th- get and then one where you're jumping on the back of a truck with a stationary gun and gunning down cars that are chasing you. Sure. Yeah. And then two more kind of like parkour and shoot, which is what and 80% is, of triple K games are now. Yeah. And then one that that's like, whatever, another it's, it's quick time events. Or something. And the thing is, if you get your mechanic really good, that's fine too. Like, like I, I, I have plenty of things I'll criticize about some big, you know, million dollar franchises but you know there's nothing wrong with getting something that works well and just sort of sticking with it mm-hmm. um because if it's satisfying it's satisfying like how i played a ton of rocket league and there's not a whole lot to rocket league you're right. just cars you're driving not, around you're hitting not unfolding soccer ball. like new levels and yeah. newly designed mechanics like, that were yeah, written in everything the game, that's but, there is there the first match you play like, but you can uncover new strategies and yeah i keep I, and i've had like a good couple of days where i've been like oh shit yeah, no, some stuff like after a hundred hours of this, some stuff is clicking. I'm starting to feel like a better Rocket League player. I'm starting to really know how to play soccer with my man. RC car. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's weird. So like you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with milking mechanic yeah. if it's good, but you can also milk a kind of shitty mechanic. And, sure. and but I was going to say, um, you can <laughs> milk a shitty mechanic. Yeah, it's it's yep. like a weird. It's, uh, it's the weirdest porn you've ever seen. I know milk a yeah. shitty mechanic. Like, okay, God, I don't it's even. It's a lactocoprophilia. 
in a in a <laughs> in a garage. Um, that's a thing. That sounds like a thing. Prefixes they make porn fun. No, I was gonna say about the whole like front loading content and people only playing the first person. One of my favorite things about video games in uh, like modern society, modern society, modern video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff is These the concept days. the concept of achievements chivos <laughs> yeah. you know things that you unlock little sort of awards you unlock through the process of playing through a game mm-hmm. uh this could be a whole conversation maybe have, we haven't had this conversation i don't I think. think so maybe next time we'll talk about chivos yeah but but the short version is that uh, uh chivos achievements mm-hmm. you do a thing in a video game and a little thing pops up periodically saying hey you killed 10 people while they were mid-air or hey you beat this hard boss fight or hey you unlocked every single different t-shirt in the video game like, yeah you the, found the, all 250 hidden packages yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like all kinds of achievements that are just like different discrete sort of things varying from the literally you will get this achievement if you play the game to right. you really put in some effort like there's it's a whole big panoply of things you can do but one of the interesting things is there's a lot of one category of achievements. It's like the least interesting category, but also metadata wise, a useful one is sort of like the, Hey, you got a fifth of the way through the game. Hey, you beat this chapter in the mm-hmm. game. Because if you take a game and you have 10 Chivos for like 10 different chapters through the game, one thing you can do is look at how much any individual player on average played the game by looking at which of those they got. So if you have like a million players who got the, Hey, you hit start chivo mm-hmm. and then you've got like a hundred thousand who get the hey you beat chapter one chivo then you know like 90 percent of people who bought and started playing the game didn't even get that far right. and you know this is a consistent thing if you look at the chivos for games that have this sort of like you know plot progress gating it's always sort of a weird power curve it's mm. always sort of like it falls off fucking fast yeah Yeah. a lot of people will pay 50 60 dollars for a game and then like stop an hour in and that's it right or they'll pay 20 dollars for firewatch and then beat it and ask for the money back sorry sorry again a whole other conversation about entitlement issues should we should we just start a video game podcast just a side podcast when we're not talking about video games i think we shouldn't and then while we are i think that we should we'll talk about it sometime anyway yeah that's a really interesting but i mean i think it not that this is you know germane to your argument but i think it probably goes up at the end like germane greer probably not that many people give up on the second to last level of the game you know what i mean probably well yeah no no yeah yeah like you tend to see sort of like people who get people get most away yeah it's it's really that early bailing yeah well it's a a tricky thing because like people bail sometimes they bail because they're just not interested and sometimes they bail because they hit something hard Mm -hmm. and it's a like there are games that i remember enjoying and also just saying fuck it yeah and there's i mean there's those that has happened to me but there's also games where i'm just like oh god i'm i I must be tired i'm just like hitting a wall with this technically and i'll come back to this and then i never do yeah because they because whatever i have a stack of games i haven't even started yet so yeah that can definitely happen but i don't know i was thinking of this i I, a couple episodes ago i mentioned i was playing through the quantic dream game beyond two souls that i think is um 
I have a real love-hate relationship with. I think it's they've really achieved what they set out to do, but that's also kind of a weird, almost <laughs> non-game thing. But it's also kind of like that. Yeah. But it's also like it's also rough around the edges in other ways, and it's not quite up to the standard of a great movie. But it sort of needs to be compared to a movie because it's not mechanically much of a game. But it's, in other ways, it's fun. Anyway, blah blah blah. I I, I I'm very near the end of the game because I picked it back up again. And um, there's a chapter that is fucking great. And it's so close to the end of the game. And the game has filtered out so many players by that point, I think, partly just because it's a long game. And, you know, adults don't have that much free time because they have jobs and responsibilities and shit. And also because it's not a game for everybody, right? It's, it, it's so, like, mechanically unsatisfying. It's like the anti-Mega Man, where it's like <laughs> it's like the least responsive, most muddy, slowest paced yeah. controls. And to just to get the most Quantic Dream is definitely the foremost figurative game studio. <laughs> right. Um so so like how many people never got to like see like this is how cool the game could be. Because it's so close to the end that, that it happens. And it's yeah. a combination of actually using the kind of kludgy control scheme interestingly and visually really awesome and doing finally a new thing with the conceit of the game. Um, all kind of happening at once and it's really fun and cool. If I had made this game, I would be bummed that I didn't get to front load that. But yeah. at the same time, I'm glad it was a sort of a reward for sticking with it for that long. Yeah, there was an actual payoff. At the payoff. same time, like, I, I made, was it? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, and their their first game, Inigo Prophecy, very much did not accomplish that. Like, okay. it was a game that was, like, kind of interesting on the front end and stayed interesting for a while. And then, like, it was kind of like, it was kind of like a, a, a TV series that went on too long. Mm-hmm. Where it like it just sort of got more and more sort of like really what where are you going with this and then they found out they were getting canceled and so they had to just like finish <laughs> and so it's a game that's like yeah it's like okay you kind of can follow where everything's going for the first two thirds of the game and then there's this cliff wall you fall off it's like oh and now there's a I don't know a nuclear winner and also you've been dead the whole time and also there's like digital aliens and also as a child you encountered a, a, an alien facility on a military base and also the world's gonna end but maybe you know good luck with that and I was like what what you know it's uh, it was a it was a mess is what yeah. it was but uh, anyway, that's been talking about video oh, games. It has? Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Last, I, I, uh, last thing. Okay. I it just I just wanted to say this. I don't know why I'm concerned. Oh no, we might go long. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Our audience would never forgive us. I just wanted. I did. I was really worried that you. Um, you wouldn't be able to play because I saw you on Twitter and mentioned you hit a wall with XCOM or maybe it was in the Slack or something. Um, I probably I've been saying it everywhere. everywhere yeah. I've been fu- I've really been fucking I've told furious. Everybody. Have you talked to anyone? I posted in the last I, couple I, days. I, I they posted on you. Rock Paper Shotgun about it in a thread about bugs. I was like, I need to tell everyone on the planet so that I, I got can't really beat worried XCOM. that you were never going to see the last chapter of XCOM. So I uh, I searched out how the game ends and Quiet leaves. Sorry. Quietly you. Damn it! You never see her again. Damn it! She was the best. I, you know, I have two snipers in my squad, and I haven't named either of them Quiet. I really fucking dropped a fucking beat right there. 
anyway uh i think that's our show i think do you still think of it as a show by the way i just it's really kind of like we're sitting in my basement and also (laughs) you edit it for some reason like i i don't even think of it as a show i feel weird about telling people about it Mm. because i'm like it's like oh yeah no it's uh we'll try not to take that personally i don't know it's it's this this is a whole complicated conversation (laughs) of its own right and it's not I'm happy with this thing we do. I just... I am too, but I also... I sort of mourn for the show that we started to be, yeah. which is like we interviewed guests about their process and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's really mutated into, you know, it's nice sitting in my basement drinking yeah, beer. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> well, no, it's nice just bros scotching yeah, bros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I sort of, I, yeah, I mean, I almost wish that we could just like spin it off into the two podcasts. We could, or something, we could, or, you know, or that, one of us kind of just get more, a little more cutthroat with uh, booking a guest and doing a thing. Or I, I think, but I don't you know, know. I'm all over the place. I have so many podcast ideas. Well, and here's and, here's another thing. Okay, let's 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 swing back around to XOXO Outpost real quick because I don't know how closely you've been following the podcast discussion on the XOXO Slack. I have not been, but I talked to Andy the other day because I was, you know, uh-huh. in there. Sure. And uh, one of the things he talked about is the plan for podcasting. They are going to do a podcasting facility as a plan. The plan is to get a fucking Airstream trailer and turn it into a podcast studio. And I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I don't think amazing. that's I don't think that's even known to the Slack currently. I think yeah. that's just kind of like word of mouth right now. But yeah, yeah. If, if I'm breaking news, like Heather Langenkamp recently <laughs> broke news by mentioning the interview that she was going into shooting next week for a new Hellraiser movie, then I apologize <laughs> slash you're welcome. I'm not even going to pack any of that. We're just going to stop the show right now. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>